Welcome back into another episode of the Gnome Boys. Matt here with Dirk and Neil. Uh, we got kind of a maybe a little lighter episode for you guys this week. Doing a little, I guess, Gnome Boys on Demand maybe is, is the name for it. Give some, you know, what we're watching, what we might might recommend, uh, movies, TV, books, whatever comes to mind. A couple things to hit first, though. Um, NFL free agency is underway, and it is just fast and furious. We were going to talk about a the, the up, updated news, and then it just never stopped um, today, Tuesday. So I guess the first one to start with, and we'll see how much time we spend on this in all, because there's a ton we could go over. Um, for the Packer fans here, Aaron Jones got extended or resigned there. Four years, $48 million. What are you guys' thoughts on that one? Great stuff. I'm very on board with it. I, I saw someone tweet, I think it was one of the beat writers, that Aaron Jones isn't, isn't running back number one. He's uh, weapon number one. And obviously they have Devonte and Rogers, but getting him back, I think is huge. I was not expecting it at all. Thought he was for sure gone. I remember we even talked about that a month or so ago about him, uh, some landing spots for him, but having him back is great. You can split up to the slot, obviously split some time with AJ Dillon, who hopefully will have a big year next year too. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited that he's back. Yeah, I agree. I was super surprised as well. I definitely thought he was uh, he was heading out, especially with them drafting A.J. Dillon so high. But it'll be nice to see them together. I mean, obviously, Jamal Williams is going to be out of there. Uh, one thing I am looking forward to is finally seeing Aaron Jones in the two-minute drill. I feel like they would always send Jamal Williams out there during that time, but now we get to see uh, Aaron, which definitely would be preferred. Yeah, that never made any sense. You know, I always, as a Vikings fan, I always love seeing them put the inferior player out in the field but like jones is a at the very least a capable pass catcher no <laughs> you're right i feel yeah a lot of teams do this actually and it just doesn't make sense yeah that one that one never quite made sense to me but like you said he's probably going to get even more of the lion's share of the carries although you never know with the way lafleur has done it maybe dylan literally will slide into the williams role and make it like a 60 40 split yeah, even, they, though, they, even though Jones has proven himself to be talent-wise, top of the top of the league, you know, top five, ten at least, probably just on pure talent. Yeah, because they he had uh, that game. I think it was week like fifteen or sixteen against the Titans, when uh, Dylan had probably like seventy-five percent of the carries, and Jones had like twenty-five percent. But I mean, it worked out. They both. I think Jones had almost a hundred yards. Dylan had over. Each had touchdowns. It was, yeah, it was a. Uh, Hopefully going to be a good one-two punch next year for, for, for us Packer fans. Yeah, I would have preferred to see him walk and go literally <laughs> anywhere else. But I guess the temptation of playing with someone like Rodgers was maybe too great. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll have a, a big year, even though pain running backs doesn't always work out as many teams are, are seeing. So, so we'll see. Um, the Pats have been busy. You know, they signed... Cam Newton to a two-year, $16 million deal, and two huge tight end signings. You guys saw this, the Hunter Henry one. They signed John U. Smith for four years for 50, and Hunter Henry three for 37 and a half. Big two tight end sets coming from New England, it looks like. Yeah, I felt like every time I was looking at my phone today, I was seeing, you know, <laughs> Pats acquire this person, Pats acquire this person, even yesterday as well. But yeah, so yeah, Hunter Henry, John U. Smith. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, fantasy football perspective. I was really excited when they signed John o. Smith. You know, I thought it was a guy that can be like a focal part of the offense who I think who can be, whereas in Tennessee, you know, that's, that's Derek Henry, obviously, but then they signed Hunter Henry as well, which, you know, I was kind of confused, but I don't know if Belichick is going back to the Gronk Hernandez days or, or what he's going here. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much thinking the same thing. Cause then I saw, um, or, was thinking about it and then looked it up and they drafted two tight ends last year, both in round three. And so it's like, okay, you, you do that in round three and now you sign two tight ends, which obviously these, the two they signed um, are better than those the two rookies from last year, but still it was, it was an interesting uh, situation. I think. Well, I mean, I guess if they're signing Nelson Aguilar as their potential number one receiver, Maybe they're just going to load up on the tight end. <laughs> yeah, I guess Split so. them out all over the field. I mean, that'll be interesting because like you said, with Gronk and Hernandez, from a football standpoint, that's where we'll leave that one, um, elite production in both of them. So they've, they've proven in that system they can 
easily accommodate two tight ends, um, both from a real football and like you touched on Neil, a fantasy football standpoint. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Preseason might actually be interesting on that front, seeing how they see how they use utilize both those guys along with Aguilar and whatever they pull in the draft. Um, I was seeing also like rumors today about that Tom Brady was interested in James White and then vice versa. The Pats were interested in Lennon Fournette. Yeah. So they do a little, little, little flipsies there. I also saw um, some news swirling about the Pats' interest in Chris Carson uh, from Seattle, mm-hmm. which. Oh, that'd be, that'd be good for them. Yeah. It'd be good for them. It'd be bad for, for football fans. But yeah, I don't need to see Chris Carson go to New England. He can stay. Yeah. He can stay with Russ. Yeah. Speaking of them, Seahawks, they haven't done anything, have they? Not they that I've it. seen. I'm, yeah. they, I'm sure they've done maybe some smaller, smaller moves that if we're Seattle fans or on the Seattle beat, we would have seen, but nothing that's been mainstream newsworthy, not that I've seen at least. No, yeah, all I keep hearing about is the, is the Russell Wilson trade. That's the only thing I really yeah. keep hearing out of <laughs> Seattle, which I mean, that's still swirling around. Yeah. And I did, speaking of, uh, like you said, Ambon, the Pats being active, the Jaguars have been pretty active. And that I'm thinking of that because I know they signed um, uh, that DB from Seattle, Griffin, Shaquille Griffin. And he, I mean, he's a solid player. And they, it's similar to the Pats, like Neil said, it, when I looked down on my phone, it, it does seem like the Jaguars are also signing a bunch of people left and right. So it'll be interesting to see them with Urban Meyer leading, leading their team. What happens that down there? I think maybe the most interesting, at least for my money, is uh, what's happening in the the Saints quarterback room. They signed both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Jameis got a one-year $12 million deal, and Taysom Hill got a four-year $140 million deal. But all four of those years are avoidable, which apparently means they can just release him or cut him at any time without penalty. But I don't know what's going on, what Sean Payton's doing down there, but I need Jameis Winston starting in the NFL again. Every, fans need it. I mean, all right, let's start with Taysom Hill. We'll get we'll get on famous Jameis in a little bit. <laughs> but, like, this contract is just, like, everything that's wrong with NFL contracts. Yeah. Like, instead of letting him go search for another team that, you know, might actually want to pay him guaranteed money, they're like, here's a bunch of cash. We, you might get it. You might not. It, it'll be our decision when it comes time to it. And then, you know, he's just got to sit around and hope for the best. And also, I do not understand the salary cap. Because I read that they, they made this deal with, with Hill to improve their cap position. Hmm. Like, how do you commit $140 million potentially and have that? Prob- I don't know, because it's, mean, not, it's this, not guaranteed this, and can be restructured easily. I, yeah, I don't know. The salary cap is it, it's yeah. not, it, it's imaginary. It doesn't exist. It it. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. And there's always, um, I love when I, th- I saw it with Aaron Jones, for example, uh, when an, an, like a top tier NFL player signs a contract and then they compare it, people on Twitter start comparing it to NBA contracts. And they're saying like uh, when Aaron Jones signed with the Packers, um, some, I forget who it was. Somebody was saying Pat Connaughton with the Bucks contract, like he actually will be buying Aaron Jones drinks because his contract is better than Aaron Jones's. And so it's just funny when you look at it like that, um, these players that are playing like a super dangerous sport football, and then they're getting these contracts where, you know, it could just be voided after a year. It doesn't even mean anything. If you want good salary cap Twitter, Trill Withers, he's on top of it. He, yeah, I think it might have been I mean, him. If you're not following him, I don't know what you're doing. He's a great follow anyway. He's incredible. But t- seeing him tweet about and just talk about like, you know, being in cap hell and and your cap space, yeah. he, he nails how just absurd it is. Yep. I think it was him talking about like all oh, these Bucks players. These is like role <laughs> players on the Bucks are getting better contracts than. Well, when Aaron is the Jones. next? What is the NFL PA? Is that is that the correct lingo? When when do they meet again, or when they do negotiations for their next? Oh, I have no uh, idea on that. I, I have no idea either. I just like hear about when it happens. I don't know, like if it's every certain amount of years or how it works, but I don't know. Whoever whoever's doing it for the NBA is doing it right, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, we'll see I think it's like got... Chris Paul or oh. something. He's like one of the people. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how many we've got left here. But as with with it being NFC North news, Andy Dalton coming to Chicago. I think one year, $10 million, I believe it was. So I don't care. I'm pumped. I'm sure you guys are excited. It's as yeah, division it's... rivals as well. I don't know what's going on there. 
I mean, maybe he'll rejuvenate his career, but it seems like a classic Bears signing because I saw that they could have signed him last year for like three mil or whatever for a cheaper deal, and they wouldn't have lost their um, the pick, their 2022 fifth round compensatory pick that they received. And now it's just, that's nixed, I guess, because they signed Dalton. I mean, if you can't rejuvenate your career with a, on a team with Zeke Elliott, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and, and C.D. Lamb, what is going to Chicago going to do for you? That's like, speaking of famous Jameis, like Neil said, I'd, I would have taken him if I was the Bears over Dalton. I just need someone to to get famous Jameis starting again. He went 30 for 30 or 30, 30 last time. Let's go 35, 35, 40, 40. <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's him. The, the plays he makes are both hilarious and like jaw dropping. It's what, what he can do on a football field is unmatched, both on the good and bad end of the spectrum. All right. Well, like, okay. So picture this. What does he have to do to convince Sean Payton to have him start over Taysom Hill? Cause obviously they chose Taysom yeah. last year when Breeze went down. So what does Jameis have to do in preseason here? Cause clearly he didn't do it last year. And he didn't, I mean, I didn't see a ton of him, but I don't think he looked all that bad. Like, he looked fine. But Sean Payton just loves Taysom Hill. He's just fascinated with him. I would bet if it was almost any other team with these two guys as their QBs, Jameis would get at least first shot at at starting. I mean, if you put Jameis in there, you can still play, do plays with Taysom Hill. It's not like he's going straight yeah. to the bench. He's still going to be used like with Drew Brees. I mean, he did, yeah, did that with a future Hall of Famer. He was right. run gimmick plays. When you've got Drew Brees, not that he's the same, was the same Drew Brees, but yeah. he, he never shied away from throwing Taysom out there, even with, with Brees. So, you know, we'll see. You know, with the, the voidable contract, maybe they don't have tons of faith in him. You know, if they're not giving him anything guaranteed or only a little bit guaranteed. I think he got a, he got a big signing bonus, I think. Anything, any last moves or signings before we move on from you guys? Uh, nothing. Uh, just there's still a couple of big names out there, like wide receiver wise. You still have Kenny Galladay yeah. and Juju Smith Schuster. I don't know if there's any landing spots you guys prefer to see them at. I saw some rumors about Juju to Jacksonville, but I don't know <laughs> if that was just some scrub on Twitter just putting it out there or if there's actually any any meat to it. But but we'll see. You know, I think they probably want to just surround Lawrence with any yeah, kind of weapons they can. You know, make make it easy for him. Give him lots of op, op or yeah options to to throw to. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about some free agency more and more down down the down the road here in, in the upcoming weeks as more and more players get signed. But I guess we'll move on then to March Madness. So when this drops, we'll be on day two of the tournament. Um, so it's possible anything we talk about or predict or anything might be out the window by that point, but. March Madness is amazing. I don't think that is breaking any news there. Got my three TV set up in the living room like I do every year. <laughs> it's it's just incredible. Um, it's going to be weird this year. You know, there was no tournament last year, and they're kind of in a bubble this year. Still, the COVID complications are lingering out there. You know, they got teams on standby in case anyone's got to um, withdraw. You know, it's the women's tournament, but Gino Oriema, the UConn coach, tested positive. He'll miss at least the first game of the tournament. So really, it can kind of change at the drop of a hat. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Are you guys doing any pools this year, or are you just kind of sitting back? Yeah, I guess at the moment I don't have any uh, pools. Maybe we should make one. But uh, I, I think it's also interesting that I believe that it doesn't start until Friday this year. I think it's Friday to Monday. And then with that, that they're all everyone's in um, Indianapolis versus – obviously traveling and, and doing it like normal with COVID. Um, so yeah, I think that's just, it's like a NCAA bubble, I guess. Yeah, oh, I know. Right. I honestly did not know that, but yeah, I've got the bracket right here, March 19th. So is it the first round is going over three days or is it still the first round two days? At least yeah, on the bracket know. I've got here, it's got two days still, but, but Friday, Saturday for round one, Sunday, it's, Monday for round two. Okay. I don't understand why they needed to move it a day back. I'm sure it has something to do with COVID. I'm, I'm guessing with the with selection Sunday and the travel time and oh, like the yeah. minimum the minimum quarantine time or testing time, they probably had to push it to Friday. 
was probably the earliest they could oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, true. So with them being in this bubble, like, are they all playing? Are they playing the same court for every game, or are there multiple locations here? Because I know they have the main arena downtown Indy, but like, what? I was thinking about that too. Like, are they going to break it up like you you would see in AAU basketball? Right. Or how's it I mean, work? I know just, you can just side by side courts. Yeah, I mean, that's probably obviously not going to happen. But they could potentially use like what uh, where the Colts play it was at Lucas Oil Field. Oh yeah, and turn that into yeah. a basketball scene that's pretty close by. Uh, I mean, what Butler? That's an indie. Uh, maybe they can use their court. I, you know, I just don't know how far this bubble expands and where they're allowing these games to be played. I yeah. really haven't looked that far into it. Yeah, let's see. Looks like we'll play around the city of Indianapolis. Around so what lo- local high schools? What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. This this site just keeps up. Yeah, so I got. I don't uh, need it to. Lucas Oil Stadium, fourteen sites, Fieldhouse. Butler's Hinkle oh, wait, Field no, that's, House, that's a bunch of other saying. ones like that. Oh, they're saying when you when you move it from fourteen to one, um, and then it says the one I'm reading here says Sweet Sixteen matchups will take place at Bankers Life Fieldhouse and Hinkle Fieldhouse. Yeah, so I I'm just realizing how little I paid attention to college yeah. football this season. Yeah. Like Same I was here. I was looking at the bracket because I'm doing one small pool. I usually do a huge one through um a coworker's friend that has, you know, hundreds of people in it. Um a lot of money on the line, but I don't want, I don't think they're doing it, but I don't want to deal with that nonsense. So I'm just doing one small one, it's putting like five bucks in each. And I was looking at the bracket last night and I knew I knew like the the four one seeds were all good. Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois. And after that, I mean Houston is a two seed, Arkansas is a three seed. <laughs> Like I knew nothing about any of these teams and yeah, I usually follow it. I knew I watched not, you know, quite a bit less than I normally do, but I did not realize how little I watched or just even like read about paid paid attention to. Yeah. I I paid, I'm the same as you like this year. I didn't pay as close attention when it came down to the actual conference tournaments. I started paying closer attention. I know one team, Georgetown who essentially played their way into the tournament. I'm pretty sure they won the Big East tournament and are a 12 seed. So clearly they weren't going to be, they weren't going to make it if they didn't win the tournament. <laughs> Another team I'm excited to watch. You have Loyola Chicago, who was it two, three years ago, made it to the final four. And the only reason I know it, because our friend Mark, which obviously you guys all know, told me about him, that they have this guy named Cameron Krutwig, AKA Crustache. So during quarantine, he grew this nasty mustache. I'm sure maybe you guys have probably seen this too. And apparently it's got its own Twitter page too. I'm sure made by fans. Incredible. Yeah, I don't know. About, I, did I didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> yeah. I knew pretty much what you said, Hambridge, that a lot of teams that aren't typically like a, like Houston as a two seed. Um, yeah, Alabama is a two seed. They won the SEC yeah. tournament. So I knew a lot of teams like that had, had gotten in, but um, I, I don't know much really. I watched some of the big 10 in the big 10 tournament, but that was about it. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I guess maybe I shouldn't do a bracket now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, or maybe I, I if I don't know a lot, I can't be not, not do one. If, right. As long right. as what's happening, but doing something small, you know, five buck entries feels about right for this year. Um, and really the only reason I paid attention to Gonzaga is just that Jalen Suggs is from Minnesota. So I was just here interested oh, yeah. to see how, how he did. He was, he was had a great season, second team, all American. Um, and, and you, and they're undefeated going into the, into the tournament. Yeah, so that's sure. at least that storyline to watch. Um, and no Duke can't complain about that. Or Kentucky yeah. or Kentucky. First time that neither made it since like what late seventies. I think that, I think it was 78, maybe I can't remember the exact year, but it's been a long time. Is it yeah, two, two big 10 teams have number one seeds, Illinois and Michigan, Illinois, and Michigan and Ohio state's a two seed. Yeah. Iowa, Iowa, a two seed. yeah. Iowa's a two seed. Yeah. And then, yeah, the big 10 like dominated this year. There's like nine or 10 teams. I think. Yeah. I yeah, knew, wow. I knew that I knew the league was good just overall, but I didn't realize how good until kind of those conference tournaments and then selecting Sunday and just seeing super high seeds for a bunch yeah. of teams there. Would you like to see Jalen Suggs go to your T wolves? For his sake, no. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's a good player. I think he'll be good in good in the league. So from that standpoint, yes. Yeah. But any young player who I want to see do well right now, they I don't want them to come here. Not <laughs> not unless anything major changes. 
It's a fair answer. Yeah, maybe the, maybe mean, the hometown love will, will would spur something. But I would we'll I would see. say for for your sake, I think you want new ownership at some point here soon because yeah. I think that's what really oh, turned yeah. around for the Bucks. Yeah, you gotta have I mean, new ownership. It helped that Giannis was end up being really good, but I think just in yeah. general, some yeah, new... when you when you hit on a player like that, at what was he in the he was picked in the teens, wasn't he? Like 13, 14, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah he wasn't a lot of pick, like he was just outside of that. Yeah, yeah. So if you can find an all-world player at that point in the draft, that'll usually help things along. <laughs> but yeah, so tournament should be fun. Um it might even be more fun watching this year, being so less invested in it. Um, yeah, true. just Saturday is going to be going to be a great day. Got this, got the Snyder cut in the morning. Eight to noon is the plan. That thing better. Are you guys going to watch that? Wait, what is it? The Zack Snyder Justice League. So it's really four hours, four hours, one minute. Yeah. It either better as that was happening this week. Either That's better happening be in the morning. Incredible or laugh out loud. Bad. The worst, the worst thing can be is okay. See, that's why Hambage, I got people like you to watch it first and get reactions <laughs> before I to put the time into it. I, yeah, I, I saw that um they there was some mess up on the HBO side where it leaked early for like a couple hours. So when people went to watch Tom and Jerry, a terrible movie by the way, um, <laughs> Justice League started playing. And so there were some clips leaking on leaking on Twitter. And I, I saw like a 10 second one, the effects that they added in. I mean, it looks like it's 25 years ago on, on some of the additional shots. So it'll yeah, be interesting. I had read, I had read so, a bit about it, but I, I'm not as into um, the superhero and Justice Justice League kind of stuff as, as you two are right now. But I didn't realize it was coming out from 8. It's 8 a.m. on Saturday. Well, no, it comes out, I think, on Thursday or Friday. Oh, but, but you're going to watch But I'll be watching it Saturday. And then morning. you're going to go right into basketball afterwards. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty good transition. <laughs> it's a big day. Yeah, big day for me. <laughs> okay, so like I didn't, I didn't look this up either. So why originally were all these scenes cut? Was it like due to, to budget and money? So it's actually a really sad story, to be honest. So Zack Snyder, his daughter died while they were filming originally. Um, so he and his wife, who was on as a producer, they obviously stepped away and let Joss Whedon finish it. And he ended up reshooting most of the movie. So it ended up being a hugely different vision than what Zack Snyder had in mind. Uh, but they had all this stuff already shot that they could use. And then they, and then they went back in. Um, you know, I think they, they did some reshoots, added in some effects. They had like $70 million, I think, if I have that right, to, to finish it up, which pisses me off because that you could have made two movies off of that of that budget versus refinishing an incredibly average at best movie already um but you know he's gonna get to get to make the movie he he wanted and given the circumstances around the original movie on why he didn't get to finish it it's not like he just got fired for misconduct or you know he quit or anything like that it was very serious life stuff of course he's gonna gonna drop out at, at that so in that sense I'm I'm happy for him that he gets to make the movie he wants to make, but I I don't know I don't think it sets a very good precedent that fans can just push so hard and get this director's cut kind of out in the world that if someone's unhappy with what the studio gave they can just complain and whine and then get their get their way in the end. So we'll see we'll see if this starts any sort of trend or or if it's just more of a one off. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying with that. I think part of it is just, I don't know, DC's probably getting sick of getting killed by Marvel movies. So they're like, all right, let's, let's put something else out there. Maybe they'll yeah. like this. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and I get that they want to do something different than Marvel. You don't want to just try to copy their formula, but whatever they're doing is not working for the most part. I mean, Aquaman was fun. Shazam was good. The first Wonder Woman was good. So they've had some hits. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's been more misses or not quite hits, but just kind of fine movies. Then you forget about and move on, though. So we'll see. I don't think this is going to change that. Um, but it's just so so arrogant to put out a four-hour <laughs> movie. It's it's ridiculous. But he's got us talking about it. I'm going to watch it. So good yeah, on him, I guess. True. That's true. Right, so speaking of that, that'll roll us right into... Our next segment, which 
unless you guys have a better name for it. I think we'll go with Gnome Boys On Demand. Um, just hit some recommendations, you know, what you've been watching or rewatching, reading. Um, so I know, Neil, you've been obviously reading Harry Potter. Is that the only book you got going right now? Or are you? Yeah, as of now, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of sticking to that series until I finish it out. Uh, I mean, I'll probably hit up some other like well-known series that are made into movies after that. Just kind of going back to like, I've watched all the movies. But I never read the books, you know, kind of check out the differences, see why everyone always says the books are better type of thing. So sure. Dirk, you reading anything good? Well, really quick, where where are you at, Neil, right now? Um, yeah, still obviously in the fourth book because that's a doozy. Uh, they just got through the Goblet of Fire where they announced the names, and they're just trying to figure out how Harry's name was picked. So kind of at okay. that point. Ooh, what did you think about the difference in Dumbledore and how he how he like approaches Harry? From the book to the movie. Oh, good question. How did it, how did it happen in the movie again? In the movie, he like yells at him. He's very yeah. intense and aggressive. He like runs at him too. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He's like very yeah. in his face. And then in the book, I think it literally says like Dumbledore asks calmly. I think is maybe the exact yeah. line. The the book it makes him just feel like he's just more disappointed than like mad. I guess because he and you know Dumbledore usually trusts Harry for you know most things, so he knows that Harry didn't put his name in there or, you know, somehow maneuvered his way to get someone else to put it in there. Like he trusts Harry, but he just wants to figure out how this happened. Yeah. That, that complaint, people point to that all the time. And I, I hate the complaints because it doesn't, I don't care about that difference. I think in the movie, when he gets so like aggressive about it, I, I, for me, at least, I think it shows if even Dumbledore is that concerned over it, then, you know, no shit's, gone bad <laughs> yeah yeah Dirk you reading anything good these days yeah so I um recently finished um the woman in cabin 10 and I like that I'm a big uh sucker for kind of those like mystery thriller type type books I like the um uh David uh Baldacci if you know him that that um novelist he he writes like the follows like one detective type guy so i like i like those i i would um suggest that one that's that the woman in cabin 10 was definitely good and now i'm actually on to um it's more of like a leisurely uh read it's called fuck that's delicious and it's by <laughs> Ac- action bronson who's a rapper um and he it's like so he he before he kind of made it made it as a rapper he um was was like a sous chef i believe or some sort of um like line cook or something in in new york where he's from and this book it was released a few years ago i had it for christmas actually and he it, it's kind of like a uh memoir or a biography sort of but also a cookbook at the same time so he like tells stories about his childhood and growing up and and um like a, a New York fat camp as well, things like that, like fun little stories, but then he like works it into um, uh, recipes and different, different food that he's eaten. Like in, he talks about the tacos in LA and then he talks about like, um, like hand rolled pasta in New York, stuff like that. So it's kind of a fun, different um, type of book, not exactly a, a novel or a thriller by any means, but it's different. And so far it's, I just started it. It's, it's pretty good so far. That sounds that sounds good. Um, you you tried any of the recipes? I have not yet, but I'm definitely going to. I'll let you know. Maybe we can do a cooking episode, <laughs> a taste test cooking episode. I well, well, I'll start off one. I would love if we did that somehow. Do a little cooking episode. Yeah, that'd be great. But two. So just like mid chapter, this guy just like breaks down a recipe, or like how how does he incorporate that into his stories? Yeah, he'll like he'll basically like kind of tell a story, um, about something from his childhood and then he like works it into like oh um i really enjoyed like the first couple the first one i think i actually read was about like bagels with cheese and he talks about how he loves like bagels and like this different spot that he eats bagels bagels and cheese from and then he just um puts in the recipe like on the next page with a picture of whatever the the food is so it's it's different i I didn't know exactly what it was i just um like I said, I got it as a gift and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's like a kind of a cookbook, but then also he's telling stories about himself growing up and his family and things like that. 
I like it. Something something a little different. And so yeah. I'm I'm rooting. Um, you guys seen have seen Days of Confused, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's um kind of an oral history book called very fittingly All Right, All Right, All Right, the oral history of Days and Confused. Um, so it's got interviews with a bunch of the cast members, uh, Richard Linklater, you know, other you know Hollywood actors and writers, producers, you know, people from the area um, who grew up in that same Texas town or Texas um, area, I guess. And it's just really interesting. It's got a lot of behind the scenes stories of how the movie came together, you know, Linklater's career up to that point. And again, like Dirk's, this is also a Christmas gift, finally getting around to, to reading it. Um, so only about maybe a third or the quarter of the way through. So quite a bit to go, but it, it's really interesting, really fun so far. Um, so if you're into those kind of kind of behind the scenes looks, and if you like the movie, I'd say it's uh, definitely one to, to check out. It's been been a lot of fun, fun to read so far. Nice. I saw that uh, Days and Confused is streaming. I, I actually just started watching it again, um, but I stopped uh, early on. But oh, what's I need it? I can watch again. What's that? What's it on? I think it was Netflix. It might have been Hulu actually. But Damn, I just yeah, I way, just rented it. it right before I started reading. I mean, this was a few weeks ago now. I haven't been reading very consistently, but stinks that I missed uh, <laughs> a free a free viewing by, by that much or that shit. Oh, I'm wrong. It's on Prime. Prime. Okay. Yeah, that's right. a that's a classic. So I bet that book's pretty great. Yeah, that movie that movie's so good. Ben Ben yeah. Affleck is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really is. All right, what have you guys been watching? Anything anything new? Catching up on anything that you've missed or gotten behind on? Well, I guess going off of uh kind of the same wavelength, I never um watched all of Freaks and Geeks. So now that that's out streaming, I'm in the process of, of finishing that up. I think I have two or three episodes left. And that yeah, I'm, actually, I'm actually doing really I'm actually doing the same. I'm only nice. I think four or five episodes in. Um, so I'm kind of on the, on the other side there. But I remember I started watching it when it was on Netflix, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And then it went off and then it never went anywhere else yeah. until it came to Hulu. Like you couldn't even rent it anywhere. You couldn't buy it anywhere except for like the DVDs, which are super expensive. Um, so I watched like two, two or three episodes and it was just gone. And it had to sit for close close to a decade yeah. while I waited for it to come back some sometime. Um, so I've got to finish that up. But but that I, I love watching those, those, you know, quote unquote older shows now where yeah. you've got all these like younger people who are now super established in the industry. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the show, you know, but you haven't. It's got Seth Rogen, James Franco, Linda Cardellini, um, Martin Starr. Um, who am I forgetting? Um, oh, J- Jason Siegel. I mean, it's yeah. got so many people. Um, it's, it's got. Do you recognize who um, the dad is? Yeah. Uh, the jackass guy from, from, from Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then I, mean, uh, I saw him come out on the first scene. I was like, I know who this guy is, but yeah. where do I know him from? <laughs> yeah. Then he's then it was then like the tone or inflection of how he said something. Like, oh, that's the jackass guy. That's, that's yeah, incredible. He plays that like kind of like a everything's terrible dad. You know? Oh like, yeah, you're gonna <laughs> die. <if> you do this. <laughs> yeah, the dad's great. That dude's so funny. Yeah, but no, it is it is cool to watch those younger or those actors um, when they're younger. But then also I, I agree with what you said, like now that I'm older and, and watching it, like watching these high schoolers or these people play high schoolers, it's, I don't know, it makes it funnier, I think. Well, I mean, Seth Rogen, I think was only 17. Oh, really? At the time of huh. filming. Yeah. He was super young. Is it, isn't this James Franco on the same age too? He's a couple of years older, I think. Okay. But, but yeah. So, I mean, that, that's how those guys, I mean, they've worked together a lot since then. And I'm pretty sure this is kind of where that, that friendship started, but yeah, seems yeah. like it. But no, besides that, um, my I think I, I did tell you guys, yeah, my goal is to watch all the kind of the big Oscar movies before um, before the Oscars. So I have a few of those to, to catch up and watch. Um, but besides Freaks and Geeks, I haven't, um, show-wise, show I haven't really binged anything lately. So if you have any suggestions, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, I've kinda... been... Oh, go, no, go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. Okay. I, I was going to say, yeah, I'm kind of the same boat as you, Dirk. I haven't really binged anything too much lately uh one thing i was going to add like dirk and i are in this movie club hamage you know mm-hmm. you know what we're talking about we always ask you questions about it uh next week's movie is hook which i'm actually really excited about it's been a hot minute since i've seen that uh the theme this week was 
movies from the year you were born. So a lot were from the year 1990 that are in our group and hooked I like that winning. And I'm just like going yeah, through like different thing. like gifts from that movie that are like, you know, online. And it's just like a bunch of like good and funny quotes and just scenes from that movie. It's honestly probably been 20 years since I've seen that movie. I think I've only seen it once, maybe twice and not in a long time. I should rewatch that. I, I said in the group chat that I went as Captain Hook for Halloween. Oh, and he and sent I, a picture of it. Yeah, I sent a picture. And I was talking, obviously, my mom sent it to me and I was talking to her about it. And she's like, You, I would apparently wear, which I, I guess it wasn't even in the picture, but I would wear the like fake hook around the house for ye- <laughs> like for a long time when I was younger. And I would just go up to my mom and dad and say, I'm Captain Hook. <laughs> and I would just constantly say that. So I'm sure that uh, it's a bit annoying to them. So I'm looking at the picture right now. I assume that's your sister next to you. Yep. Yep. And then was that mustache drawn on it, or is that like, <laughs> or is that a fake that's one? A just, just, put, just like stuck on. <laughs> that is a good question. I'll have to ask. But yeah, I'm, I'm. She's looking for more pictures where you can visibly see the hook. And uh, I guess I just lo- loved Captain Hook, which <laughs> which I'm assuming it was from like Peter Pan. You know, like I don't think I. I got that infatuation from the movie hook, I would imagine. But also looking back on it, it's like, why, why did I like Captain Hook and not Peter Pan? He's more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was cool. He, he had like weapons and stuff you could carry. <laughs> yeah. True. Very true. Yeah. I've been watching, have not been watching a lot of new shows. I've been binging some more, some rewatching of survivor as I prep for the, uh, the next uh, podcast there. Um, so I've been just kind of rewatching random seasons to solidify my rankings. So if anyone's looking to get into Survivor, um, I'd, be, I'd be more than happy to give you a starting point. The couple seasons on Netflix, um, two of the really more or more super popular, highly regarded seasons. Um, not the best starting place, um, but you know it'll get you maybe into the into the show. Um, but a bunch are, are on Amazon Prime, a bunch are on... <laughs> Dirk just sent me the picture and that is <laughs> that is fantastic um incredible um somewhere on hulu though some of those seasons are missing episodes for whatever reason i don't know what the streaming rights agreement is there otherwise it's all on paramount plus if you want to pay for that um but that's been a lot of fun revisiting some of the scenes i haven't seen in a long time and then what i've been doing recently um i've been re-watching always sunny Oh. But I've I've seen so many episodes so many times, and there's no it's not really a cohesive story from beginning to end. So I'm just watching it in a random order. I'll just go to one of those like randomizer, pick a random season, pick a random episode, and just watch it. Um, so you kind of get the, a good mixture of you know the early stuff, the middle, the later parts, and that show the consistency and longevity is just it's unmatched. It's it's absurd how long it's been so good. Yeah, that that's one that I never like uh, um, got into the hype when it, you know, back because I feel like back when we were in college, maybe around then, you know, it was really people were really jumping on it. And I never like got into it. But the episodes I've seen since then, just like randomly when when it's on, I really find entertaining. So maybe I should go back and and actually watch that. You, You can pop into basically any episode and it won't matter if it's season one or season 14. Um, nice. season, so Danny DeVito doesn't come in until season two. That's really the only difference from season one on. Um, but I, I can tell you the exact episode and where I was when I was like, oh, I am all in on the show. It was in college. We were at the Lake Street house, <laughs> Lara Store and the boys. We're, they had on um, is season five episode, The Gang Gives Frank an Intervention. That's the one. I was like, oh, this show is, <laughs> is amazing. I think I'd seen a few minutes of episodes before that. And then that that one, it's still, I think, one of the best episodes of the series. And that one's got me hooked. And I've just been loving it ever since. But even going back to like their season one, two, or that episodes, um, they're obviously still kind of finding their their groove and getting a feel mm-hmm. for the show. But it's an absolutely ridiculous show. And they kind of went in, went all in. Season one, episode one, they're just going for it. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll have to go back and watch. Did you watch it's- it now? Uh, no, I'm kind of the same boat as you where it's, I didn't watch it when it first started, but like, I just, I watch it from time to time. I mean, that's what kind of makes those shows great. It's like, you don't have to be like, understand what's happened from season to season. You can just kind sure. of have it on in the background and then, oh, I'm going to like, 
you know, pay attention now the last 10 minutes of the episode and it'll still just be as great if I didn't pay attention, you know, the first half of the episode. Yeah. And it, it's all on Hulu. Um, they did take away one episode um, that I guess they had a scene or two of blackface that they took off. But other than that, the, the whole series is up there. And like you said, you can just pop in at any point. There's only a, a few kind of continuing storylines, but for the most part, it's just them being assholes and horrible people and being hilarious all, all at the same time. Um, so yeah, I can use some episodes or just literally just pick a random one. And if you like it, you'll like the rest of the series pretty much. Nice. But Dirk, what, what um, Oscar movies are you trying to catch up on? Let's go back to that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me pull up my list here. Um, I know the, the, uh, sorry, I just pulling up my list. I know the one, um, that I'm at least, well, I don't know if I'm most looking forward to it, but it's definitely the one I'm going to watch next is promising young woman. I just bought that. Did you? So you haven't watched it? No, I've seen it. I, I drove to Wisconsin to see it in theaters. Oh, nice. And what'd you think? I loved it. Incredible. Yeah, I've, I've heard and, and read some very, very good things. And just watching the trailer, I was like, I need to watch this. I'm hooked. There, um, some of the stuff that they get humor out of, I don't want to say too much without, I don't want to try to give anything away, but some of the situations that should not be funny that make you laugh, it's like very uncomfortable laugh, but it's also legitimately hilarious what's happening and what they're saying. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a drama, it's a thriller, it's a dark comedy. It's, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems, it seems great. So I, I need to watch that one. Um, the father Mank and Minari. Those are my, at least my best picture ones. I need to watch yeah. before the, the father, the father is quite good. I was able to catch that okay. in theaters. Um, had a very low turnout showing last week. Just me and one other person had been there. Very good. Um, Mank. That's my lowest ranked of the best picture. I would have put it several movies ahead of that, but it, it's fine. Um, have you seen Citizen Kane? Yes. I actually had to, I think it was Citizen Kane in college. I, um, my, uh, my last year I had uh, the philosophy of film and I believe it was Citizen Kane. I had to write a paper on actually. Yeah. So, so. if you, if you remember that you'll, you'll get a little wow. more out of Mank um, than you would if you haven't seen it or don't remember it, but you don't have to know it super well. It might, it might okay. help, but I, yeah, because it's it was, like behind the scenes of, of it's like uh, the Citizen making of Citizen the King of, is okay. kind of the broad strokes what it's about. Okay. And then Sound of Metal. Man, I love that movie. I really, really like that movie. Have you seen yeah. that one, Neil? I have not yet. No, I think we, I think we, we at least were, I know, chatting about uh, our boy Riz. I love him too. He, he's so good in that. Yeah, he, he really is. I mean, because I haven't seen, really too many things with him i just from the night of right away i was like oh i really like this guy yeah he was he was he was incredible in in the night of yeah and then minari um was the other one you said right um yep that one at the very least you'll like it like i don't know anyone who's seen it that has disliked it you know some people love it as the best movie of the year some just think it's it's good and solid um but that'll be kind of the worst case scenario probably okay it's good to know. Have you have you watched all of them? All the best picture ones I've seen. I need to catch up on the international movies. I've only seen another round. Have you guys seen that one? Is that the yeah. when they're like drink? They're yeah, having some sort of like alcohol in their system. Yeah. Okay, I've not watched it yet, but so so it it's Mads Mikkelsen. He's he's the lead. And um, it's a Danish film and he plays a high school teacher and he and his friends are going through other, also other teachers are going through, you know, various midlife crises. So they decide to put into effect some fictional philosopher, um, his, his theory that life is better or improved if you're always at 0.05 BAC. So they start to do that. Um, you know, during the day while they're teaching, they have their, their rules. You drink from this to this time and you don't drink after that, that kind of thing. And they just, and then they chart their success, I guess, or their results, if you will. (laughs) And it's, it's so good. It's, it's got drama. It's got some humor. It has 
my single favorite scene from any movie I saw last year. Hmm. And I won't say where it is, who who does it. I think you you'll probably know it when you see it. Yeah, I think we um, gotta watch now. But it's that. that that movie is so good. I would have had that in as a best picture easily over most of the movies. I think only behind Sound of Metal, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Promising Young Woman. Then I think that was sl- slotted in right there mm-hmm. at number four. Um, but Thomas Vinterberg, the director, got a surprise nomination for best director. So I'd love to see that. Um, but I've got to catch up on the other international movies. I've got to see yeah. Wolf Walkers, one of the animated movies. It's on Apple mm. Apple TV. And I don't think I'll watch the documentaries or the shorts. But I think once I watch those, I'll have seen, I'll have seen everything. I'm not going to watch the Shaun the Sheep movie. I know I've seen a few of those. Not for me. Not going to, even though it's probably only like an hour and a half. Not going to. Yeah my time in there but what did you think of glenn close getting a best supporting actress nod in or for the oscars and the razzies that's so dumb (laughs) i didn't think it was a good movie but she wasn't the problem in it yeah i i watched that too and i I agree like she was probably the best part of it easily i don't i don't really follow the razzies too much I'll, i'll i'll kind of check in what they nominate um, yeah. just to see how much I agree or disagree with it. But that one is yeah. a bit of a head scratcher. Because I agree. I, I didn't like the movie much at all, but it wasn't it was it was not because of her. No. She she probably was the bright spot in the end, actually. So yeah, that's that was interesting. But yeah, get another another round on Hulu as of either yesterday or today. Ooh, so that's sweet. Easy, easy access. Definitely watch that. The father is only in theaters. That's gonna be maybe a little tougher depending on okay. if theaters are open around you or if you're even comfortable going at this point. And it, depending on the release schedule, it may not come to on demand before the Oscars. If they were smart, they would, even if it's a premium rental, they'd find a way to get it onto the, the VOD, but, but we'll see. Um, but the other ones, um, you got some good movies left to watch there. Nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Neil, any, any other movies or anything you've been, been watching or meaning to watch uh no nothing too much um kind of related to the always sunny i do happen to put on from time to time the show the league which kind of revolves around you know a fantasy football league which i mean which i love to play as well but just another one of those shows where you know like i'm gonna do some dishes or do some cleaning i just kind of have it on the background and whether it's episode one this season or episode six you know i can just follow right along with it as well yeah i actually rewatched that um I think just before last season, last, last summer, I think it still holds up. Some of the, the fantasy football knowledge is, isn't quite there. <laughs> you know, I think there's one, they're in an eight man league and Ruxin, who's in the championship is talking about flexing either Donald Brown or Steve Breston. And it's like, yeah. dude, if you're in an eight man league and you're in the championship, you're not starting either of those players. Like <laughs> it's a very nitpicky thing. But if the show is going to be about fantasy football, I want them to get get those little things right. I look past it right away. It doesn't really affect the episode, but it, I catch it in the moment and it kind of pisses me off for like a second. I know what episode you're talking about too. And I'm like trying to think like, were those guys that relevant to like be on a championship team during that time? Not in an eight man league. No, not at all. Maybe, they, maybe in a 10, if, if you had, you know, three receivers and a flex, they were probably on rosters in 12 team and 12 team leagues. And for sure, anything larger than that. But I mean, Steve Breston was like the second or third receiver in Arizona, I think. Yeah. Brian Fitzgerald and maybe even Anquan Bolden, depending on if they overlapped or not. And then Donald Brown, I think, was on, was he on the Colts? He had, he had a couple relevant games or stretches, but nothing where you're going to hang your hat on, on either of those guys. But again, if you don't know fantasy football, those names are going to mean nothing to you, but I mean, even if you're not into fantasy football or football in general, it can still be a you know relatively entertaining show on top of that yeah. as well. Oh, just, oh with yeah. the characters you, and everything. You don't have to like football. I mean, it obviously helps given that that's the conceit of the show, but you don't have to be a, a huge you know football or fantasy football fan to to enjoy it. But the the comedic talent on that show is is unbelievable. I mean, Jason Manzoukas, I think, is maybe the funniest person alive right now. <laughs> Like anything he does is just incredible. He and, and he and Paul Shear have the. Do you guys ever listen to the How Did This Get Made podcast? No. It's definitely my favorite one. So it's, it, you know what it is. 
Nope. So it's Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis, and then Paul Shear's wife, June Dan Raphael, another actress. They basically just they talk about bad movies. Mm. Um, so it, it helps if you've seen the movies, so you know what they're talking about, joking about, but they just get in there and they just kind of eviscerate them. It's it's so good. And they'll talk about other movies too, like they love the Fast and the Furious movies, but they're so over the top, they still kind of fit into into the theme of it. But yeah. But they they pick some some doozies, some just trash movies. But Manzukis is 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 hysterical. Um, but then Nick Kroll is funny. Um, Stephen Stephen Rand is easy, is is pretty good. Um, Rob Heibel as one of the guest stars. I mean, the people they get just to kind of come in and out are really good. Too. I mean, Seth Rogen's in it. Dirty Rand. He's like a he's like a librarian, I think. <laughs> he's a librarian slash amateur pornographer. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Rafi is one of the best characters, like side yeah, characters on TV. He's mm-hmm. so over the top. It's so good. Yeah, I, I barely watched that show, but I, I know Rafi, and yeah, he's, he's <laughs> hilarious. All right. Well, any any last suggestions or anything you forgot before we move on? All right. I think, I'm good. I think we can switch it up to uh, this week's Hey Hambage. All right. Hey Hambage. I have two questions for you this week. One, what was your favorite subject in grade school? Um, I'm not going to pull the, of the time answer and say gym, because that's the cop out, <laughs> but that's what you would say as a, like a 10 year old. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. History. Maybe it was always interesting. Just learning history. What's your favorite piece of uh, history <laughs> that you learned about? I honestly have no idea. All right. Fair. I, I don't think better. I could tell you specifically what periods of history, like we even covered. Yeah. Back but at then. Least- at least with history, it was something different all the time where it's like math. That's it's like, true. all right, which numbers are we going to figure out how to put <laughs> yeah. together now? Or how are we going to times it or minus it this time? We'll do fractions. Like history is like, all right, we're going to talk about this part of Europe during this time and this part about Asia during this time. You know, it really like was something yeah, it was, different. It was just cool. Just like learning, learning about like other, other parts of the world or like what came before you. And all the stuff that I learned in history, I probably couldn't tell you if, it, if I learned it in grade school or high school or college. It just kind yeah. of accumulates. That was always yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't pick math. Never would have picked math. It was, it was between <laughs> history and English, probably, just because I was I always like writing. But yeah, sure. All right, I just got one for you today. So, hey, Hambage, what is something that you would drink in college that you find disgusting now? And by drink, <laughs> I mean alcoholic drink. Oh, that's it's a long list. Because in college, it was all it was all about about the low cost. So any of the vodkas that we drink in college can just go right out the window. Phillips, Kharkov. <laughs> Burnett's. Eh, I might go go Burnett's for, for nostalgia's <laughs> sake. Um, someone offered quite me the a, variety, you know? Someone offered me a Burnett's and a Mountain Dew Voltage, you know, a little victory juice. I don't think I could say no. I don't think I'd okay, choose it. Good to know. I don't think I'd choose it. <laughs> but, I mean, Kharkov, Phillips. I, I, see, I see delivery trucks for Kharkov every once in a while. And it's labeled as award-winning vodka. And like, what awards is that? <laughs> is that winning? That stuff is disgusting. I mean, they're not telling you what award they're winning. I mean, there's exactly. probably some award. There's probably some like a, awards yeah. for some bottom shelf liquor, you know. And they want it. They have to <laughs> say what it was, but they got the best award. vodka for below five dollars. And that stuff was <laughs> just funny. was gross. Did you guys ever drink the the ninety nine drinks? Like ninety nine bananas, ninety nine oranges. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel Not, like it was always like what kind of like flavored vodka mixed with like yeah. Sprite, which is like the simplest thing to make. Yeah. 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 But 99 bananas. I didn't have it a lot, but that stuff was, was nasty too. So basically any, any of the vodka, basically. When's the last time any of you guys touched a four loco? That's a good question. Uh, probably junior year. <laughs> I mean, Dirk, I was probably with you last time I drank one. Yeah. And it was definitely post-college too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we had some post-college, but yeah. the, the last time I really remember it was spring break or our fifth year of college. <laughs> I only drank four locals once. I had two in one night. Oh, and bone. <laughs> it was all I drank that night, luckily, thankfully. But that was... Was it with the... It was caffeine, an un- like the original it, one? With the caffeine or whatever was in it? Yeah. It was an uncomfortable feeling. I did not See, like it. You probably had quite the ride that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't really. It was just it just like I just felt like wrong. Like I like I can't explain. It was, it was I've never felt that way 
ever, like even close to it. Just like this, sh- I shouldn't be be doing this. It's kind of what the feeling was, and I was yeah. right. Um, That's so that was funny. a a good one time experience, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so my my second question, kind of a follow up. In grade school, when you went out to recess, what games did you play, and which was your favorite? Um, it was basically just we just played football. Yeah, for the most part. Occasionally, we'd go on like the tire swing, and so I was always one of the smaller kids. We would try to get you know push me so I'd like hit the top. It didn't be throw up one time, which was super, super fun. <laughs> um, I remember walking back, walking back in afterwards, and just like feeling woozy and like my I was literally like spinning and just spewed in my little like like coat room in the classroom. Oh, was, you puked inside. I thought you puked outside. <laughs> no, inside. <laughs> this was inside. It was it was inside. It was it was not good. But no, we mostly played <laughs> we mostly played football. You know, we had a pretty big um basically had like a, a huge parking lot is basically what it what it was. Yeah. Um, but no one used it during school hours. Um so that eighth, you know, eight, we we had recess through eighth grade. Um, I don't know if, if you guys did too. Yep. And I know yeah. a lot of people they said that once they hit like middle school, they stopped. We used to have it twice a day, you know, the morning and after lunch, and then in sixth, seventh, and eighth, we just had it after lunch. Um, but no, that was about it. I did break my arm at recess in, in eighth grade. <laughs> um, and then broke the same arm or the other arm, same break, same person. Uh, 10 months later. Had some rough recesses. Yeah. What are you playing well, tackle football? No, <laughs> it was, so it was, it was in the winter and we were just kind of like messing around and I got, I got kind of shoved from behind and just like slipped on the ice and just braced myself wrong broke broken our, our bone like kind of right in my wrist area on my right yeah. in my right hand and then um next year during um if you're in minnesota you know mea uh, minnesota education something basically you have a you have a long weekend um and we were playing football and the kid who pushed me the year before tackled me and i and i did the same break on my left arm oh no <laughs> I remember I was sitting there. I was like, oh, this is definitely broken. And one, and one of my friends goes, I don't think you would know if you broke your arm, if you're not like in serious pain or crying. I'm like this happened less than a year ago. It's definitely broken. Yeah. yeah see, if anyone knows, <laughs> you're going to know. Yeah. So I called my mom. I was like, I think I broke my arm. She goes, how's it feel? I go, like last year. She goes, all right, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget if I was like, maybe we were talking about it or maybe I just saw it online or something, but um, your comment about uh, a parking lot resonates with me because that's what we that's what we went out to at recess too. And it's just funny looking back. It's like you go out for thirty minutes just on just concrete on asphalt. <laughs> you run around and play whatever. Yeah, like, I think like the the meme was like is like schools say like oh just go out to this parking lot and play for twenty minutes and call it <laughs> <Yeah>. recess. <laughs> it's, just, it's pretty funny to think about just a big square of concrete. Yeah. Go have fun. Yeah, just just black asphalt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for yeah, yeah us it was for like same as you, mainly football most of the time. But then there's kind yeah. of a little rotation, like kickball would probably be number two, and then mm-hmm. like every once in a while we played dodgeball. But you know that was tough to play because like you throw a ball and like it could just go right down the other side of the parking lot if it, you know <laughs> there's no walls behind yeah. you. Yeah, got to be pinpoint accurate. Yeah, yeah. We did those two, and then um, I, I just looked up the name. I don't know if we called it this, but spud where like one person is it with the ball and has to get everybody out um you say get that, everybody out because that, that like name sounds everyone. familiar yeah like hit everyone but you're just chasing people not it's familiar like, it's like tag but with a ball i guess um, oh what about um oh, what's wall it called? ball was the other one that we played a bit. Is, is that the one we throw it against the wall and if you yeah if you catch it you're good if you like touch it but you drop it you got to run to the wall yep what what's the other name like for bobble that? It? Yeah, there's another name for it. Cause we, I mean, wall ball. I know it, but we definitely didn't call it that. Butts, butts up. up, butts yeah, up, butts yeah. up. <laughs> and you get three we, strikes, then you then you just get to whip the ball at the, at the person's back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Yeah, we did that one for like sixth or seventh grade for sure. Yeah, we we would play that usually before school because most teachers wouldn't let us play it at recess. Yeah, I think that was the same with us actually. I mean, which which makes sense. <laughs> I mean, you've true. got people literally trying to hurt people. It's whipping a, a tennis ball as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> it's true, but no, that that's a great game. I haven't played that. You know, well, not that you, not that I would have had a lot of chance. I haven't played that in a 
long, long time. We probably played in high school a few times, but that was that's a classic. It's a playground classic. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for for this week. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping notes. You know, we've got or I've got the Talking Llama Survivor podcast coming. First episode will be dropping March 25th. That's a Thursday, the 25th. Um, so that feed is up and live. Um, Spotify, Apple, wherever you want to go, it'll be there. Um, I'll drop the first one in the Gnome Boys feed as well, um, just to kind of help get some more awareness there. But if you're in the Survivor, that'll be a fun one with me and Jared. And then we've got another draft coming next week. So that'll be that'll be good. Chris will be joining us once again. And then we'll have a, a taste test episode for the Bud Light out of office. Um, limited time drinks. So if you want to compare our opinions with yours, get those the next week or two and give them a taste. Um, so we've got some fun stuff coming up for the next couple of weeks and, and on there. Uh, but for Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambidge. And we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.